welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for intel, forecasts, and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Ball. We sure appreciate you being with us. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. If you're an experienced commercial agent, do check it out. But today we have a great show for you. We're going to talk about social media for business. Now we're going to talk about some tips and some strategies. We're going to talk about maybe some corporate strategies, uh, some mistakes to avoid, and also what's new. And I think when you when when most business people think of social media, uh, there's a lot of different social media apps out there, and and some of them may be better for certain types of businesses. But certainly it seems like a lot of them for commercial real estate property owners and service providers and business people dealing in business to business is LinkedIn. So let's start with an expert on LinkedIn, Vivica Van Rosen. She is a co-founder with Vingresso and she's joined us on Skype. Vivica, thanks for joining us. Hi, nice to meet you and see you yes, and be here. <laughs> and you as well. So let's get started with LinkedIn. You know, sure. I, I've we do a lot of social media for our show, my company, my training, agent training company, and it seems like LinkedIn's the most powerful for us. Uh, what kind of businesses might LinkedIn be the most powerful of the social media out there? Yeah, well, definitely the B2B sphere. Um, pretty much anyone in the B2B sphere from a you know, single consultant to a you know, to a, a multinational company. Um, but I, I think uh, people are just more comfortable being on LinkedIn in the business to business arena um, as compared to some folks get a little nervous about, you know, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. So um, the B2B world for sure. And, you know, it, it does have a, a history of uh, being a useful platform for job seekers, but it's so much more than that now. Um, you know, it's more than a job seeking platform. It's more than a Rolodex on steroids. It's really a place where you can find, connect and engage with pretty much anyone in, in, in your industry that you're wanting to find connected, engage with, um, you know, and it's a great marketing tool. It's a great sales tool. So I think, you know, as far as uh, commercial real estate or commercial realtors toolkit, um, hopefully LinkedIn is, is if not yet, going to become a very strong part of that, that business, Good. You know, that well, business let, toolkit. Well, let me ask you, you mentioned that maybe people in business to business world are less nervous mm -hmm about LinkedIn than Twitter and the others. Why do you say that? Well, I think I, I always called LinkedIn like the, the gateway drug. Um, a lot of companies to social media, to social media, because a lot of companies, um, you know, certainly did consider it more of like a Rolodex on steroids. And I think um, it's it's an older, well, I know that it's an, it's an older demographic, not by a lot, but by a couple years. Um, and you have people doing things that they're kind of used to doing in business already, right? You're used to finding, connecting, and engaging with other business professionals. A lot of people have a CRM system. Um, you know, <laughs> the younger folks listening to the show are like, what's a Rolodex? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Rolodex CRM, it just depends on how old you are, right? But people are used to that, and, and they're used to going to networking events, and they're used to meeting on the golf course. And so LinkedIn is just kind of like an electronic version of that. Of course, they've brought in a lot of new features and there's an, a lot of new opportunity, but I think people are, are kind of comfortable with that. 
And of course, there's the idea that Facebook is just for kids, although, you know, my kids tell me they don't use Facebook anymore. And yeah. Instagram's just for taking pictures of your food. And Twitter is just for, you know, voting on the voice. So um, <laughs> yeah, I think people understand that LinkedIn is primarily a business tool, and that's why they're a little bit more comfortable with it. Well, our president, I think, uh, believes that Twitter is more than uh, <laughs> an app for voting uh, on, uh, on, on television yes. shows, but uh, he certainly uses it a lot. Well, let's talk about some tips for business-to-business -business users, maybe something that uh, some business-to-business -business users might not be thinking of uh, with LinkedIn. Sure. And, you know, the thing about LinkedIn is you've got your personal profiles and your company pages. And as a business, you go, okay, well, I'm going to create a company page, which is mm, kind of like a static website. It's not extremely interactive. You can share content there, but it's not, it's not like a personal profile. But what they don't think about is, okay, I've got all these employees, not just my sales and marketing employees, but I've got, you know, I've got in, in the case of commercial real estate, maybe you've got realtors, maybe you've got stagers, maybe you've got construction people, you know, so you've got this whole, um, you know, posse of, of employees and you're not thinking about how they're using LinkedIn, their personal profiles, because on LinkedIn, you know, if someone's going to research your company, chances are it's just as likely um, for an employee to show up as it is for the company page to show up. And a lot of companies are like, well, you know, I, I can't tell my employees what to do on LinkedIn. And while, yes, according to the end user agreement, you can't actually tell them that they have to upload a background image or they have to use this description of the company, um, if you educate them on, you know, on, on the benefits of having a well-branded company on LinkedIn, well-branded personal profiles, it's kind of the rising tide lifts all ships. Well, let me ask and, you real right? quick, what was it that, that prohibits a company from requiring uh, an employee to do something on their LinkedIn? Well, LinkedIn's end user agreement actually says that the employee owns their own profile. So, um, a company can't force you to do anything with it. They can't force you to shut it down. They can't force you to share your connections. Um, so they can't force you to add, you know, any elements to it. Um, now, with the exception of if a company pays for LinkedIn, they've got some premium accounts and specifically Sales Navigator. If they pay for a premium account, they do have access to some information, not all information. And of course, they own that particular account and any information um, that goes with the account when the employee leaves, the account leaves and they lose that. Okay. But um, as far as the personal profile, the free profile on LinkedIn, as an employee, that's yours, that's your arena. Well, I think that's something you're keying in on there that uh, a lot of our audience may be curious about uh, and may be concerned about if they run an organization is uh, employees uh, putting something on uh, social media that hurts the company, maybe something controversial or, or political, but uh, what kind of control does a company have in that regard? Okay, so thank you for bringing that up. So while a company can't tell them what elements, um, you know, profile elements to put on their profile, they certainly can have a social media policy 
or a content sharing policy that gives guidelines. And in fact, they absolutely should have a policy that gives guidelines to their employees what you can post about, what you can't post about. And there are, you know, there there's rewards maybe. You can gamify the process if they share well and they get lots of visibility for good visibility for the company. Um, but also, you know, if if they go outside the lines, if they share content that has not been approved, um, and, and the company itself can decide how 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 um how specific they want to get about that, but um, there, you know, there could definitely be some downsides, like getting fired. So you can, you should absolutely have in your profile what, or I'm sorry, not in your profile. You should absolutely have in your 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 social media policy or your content sharing policy um, what is allowed. And so a lot of companies will say, okay, you can share anything from the company page, anything from our blog post, obviously. You can share anything from these industry publications. You can share anything from these influencers in our industry. Um, you can share information, public information from these clients. Um, you cannot share anything religious. Uh, you cannot share anything political. Okay. Um, you can't share anything private. On their own personal, <laughs> on so they're on their own, per own personal Twitter. On their your, own personal Your company LinkedIn, can tell Twitter, you, don't Facebook. post anything yeah. political. Um, and which is why, yeah. again, um, it might be a little bit different for Facebook. Yeah. So usually what happens, because LinkedIn, again, business, you're going to be on there for business. You're going to be connected to business people. So usually when they're making these guidelines, um, it's with an understanding that within LinkedIn, at least, people are going to keep it business related. Now, when it comes to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and um, other, you know, other accounts where, where people have personal accounts with their friends, and of course, they're sharing the political and the religious, um, the policy might uh, say something like, you can't be connected to business relations, right? If you're going to be connected to business relations, no religion or politics. If you're Connected, you know, so just go through your friends and make sure you don't have any clients in there. Right. Well, it's certainly uh, more involved, especially with all the different <laughs> types of social media out there today. Exactly. What exactly. Are some, what are some other kind of corporate strategies or thoughts around social media? One thing I've, I think some business owners and leaders are concerned about is they try to groom uh, their younger folks is that maybe they're too digital uh, and they're not communicating yeah. in person or on the phone enough with folks or maybe they're concerned that uh, their younger folks aren't aren't building their career fast enough because they're too <laughs> distracted by the phone and social media what do you say about that yeah and I mean in some cases they're absolutely true and that's where it's it's a real um, it's a real gray area because the, the younger folks using social media, and again, this is not so much the case with LinkedIn because it's not like you go on LinkedIn to have fun. Right. I mean, right? You're saying it's no you're fun? Gonna, like, <laughs> I'm gonna go on LinkedIn and read the latest blog post by the Wall Street Journal. Awesome, good times. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not, we're not looking at crazy cat videos. It's, it's, people are not going to be wasting time on LinkedIn. So right. I'm gonna leave LinkedIn out of it a little bit, mm -hmm. um, but certainly other social selling like Twitter, like Facebook, like Instagram and and for um, you know for realtors even commercial realtors Instagram can be extremely extremely powerful because it's so visual and um, and and so you might get some time wasting so it's just about are you achieving your goals right if if 
and I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the phone call. I'm a big fan of social media is only to warm up the connection so that when you go to call them, it's a warm call and not a cold call, and they're a lot more likely to pick up the phone. So that's that's kind of my belief about social media, all social media. It's just about warming up those relationships and creating uh, top of mind awareness and creating what I call a false sense of familiarity, but who cares as long as it's a sense of familiarity. Yeah. But having said that, if, if millennials or, or people who use um, social media actively, if they can produce and never pick up the phone, Right. And only text and because they're maybe working with their their peers. Um, good. Let them ha- let them go at it. Now it's when their activity on social media, you know, they, they, their activity on social media goes up and their productivity goes down. That's when you have to have the conversation. Um, but I'm me personally, I'm about allowing um, our staff, at least the freedom to use these different tools. And if they're using them effectively, you know, not only more power to you, but how can I support you in this? What kind of training can I get for you? You know, how can we help you take it to the next level? Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I want to ask you some more. Uh, I want to take a short break here, but when we get sure. back, I'm going to ask Vivica about some what's new in LinkedIn, what maybe some tools that you and, and strategies in LinkedIn that people aren't using, and, uh, and what's next? What are some apps? What are some resources that work well with LinkedIn? Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Invest alongside real estate experts, sponsors who have a successful track record and skin in the game. It's as easy as one, two, three. Learn about the deals, make your investment, and grow your financial wealth. Visit arborcrowd.com. Would you like access to invest in institutional quality commercial real estate with experienced sponsors with small amounts of money? Of course you would. Visit realcrowd.com. Choose between core, core plus, value add, or opportunistic. Visit realcrowd.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. This segment is brought to you by thenewsfunnel.com. If you're in doing anything in commercial real estate, do check them out. Well, today we're talking about social media for business. And of course, one of the social media sites that's a really popular business is LinkedIn. And we have Vivica Van Rosen. She's a co-founder with Vingresso, and she is on Skype with us. And I want to ask you about some of the tools and applications and and some of the resources that that might work well with LinkedIn because you know sometimes LinkedIn I guess has a lot of great tools but are there some apps that we might want to consider to help us with more efficiency? Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, as much as I love LinkedIn, it's not in and of itself a, a CRM or a customer relationship management tool. And so, um, you know, most commercial realtors have, or, or most people in commercial, commercial real estate have some way of managing their audience already, of managing their clients, their prospects already. Um, so being able to integrate LinkedIn with your CRM system is very powerful. Now, LinkedIn has put up some walls. Um, so the API is a little bit closed, so it's much harder to get the information out of LinkedIn and into your, your, your CRM, whether that's Outlook or Salesforce or Nimble or Zoho or any one of the, the hundreds of CRM systems out there. Um, one tool that I particularly like is 
uh, called Nimble. It's N-I-M-B-L-E. And actually, interestingly enough, they're a gold partner with Microsoft and they've been embedded into the Microsoft Outlook program. And yet there's still kind of a gray area there between uh, Nimble and, and LinkedIn. Um, even though Microsoft owns, you know, owns LinkedIn. Um, so this allows you, the, the thing I like about Nimble is it allows you to pull information, not just from LinkedIn, but truly from anywhere online, from Twitter, from Facebook, from Instagram, from a news article you might be reading or a blog post. Um, it allows you to pull in information. It'll actually search for contact information. And then you can either export it into your existing CRM system or you can nimble itself is a social CRM system so it will allow you to then manage your network because I think one of the problems with LinkedIn and this is especially true if you've got a larger network of connections people who've invited you or you've invited them to connect um, if you've got too many you start to lose people, right? If you've got five people, you can keep track of them. If you've got 500 or 5,000 or 15,000, it's much harder to keep track of those prospects um, that might be in your database. And so having a, a third party app that allows you to manage those, keep in touch with them, maybe even invite them, you never wanna put them, but invite them to be part of a, an automated email drip system. I mean, so there's a, there's a lot of opportunity there, but managing that network is absolutely key. So that's, that's where I particularly like nimble.com, but there are many, many other CRM systems out there. So that's, that's one tool that I really like. Um, another tool is called Ducks Soup. It's D-U-X-S-O-U-P. It's a Chrome extension. And it simply allows you within LinkedIn to tag and take notes. So it allows you to, within LinkedIn to kind of manage your network and keep track of your network. And if you're calling on a prospect, you can actually pull up the app and take notes right within LinkedIn itself so that when you go back to their profile, you have a record of, of maybe your communications, well, like you, what we used to do, do you, writing on the back of the business card. Right. How do you spell that again? D-U-X? D-U-X-S-O-U-P, Duck Soup, weird okay. name, I know. Okay. Um, and it's a Chrome extension, so you have to use Chrome in order to use it. And then Nimble works with, with anything, any browser. Um, another tool that I like, and again, it's a, the one I use is a Chrome extension again, um, but there's, there's various other apps and, and extensions out there that people can use, but it's a text expander. So that literally if I'm going through my inbox on LinkedIn and I have people who've invited me to connect or I have people who've messaged me with a couple keystrokes, I can respond to them, send them a whole message um, and then move on to the next person and on to the next person and on to the next person. So if you are managing your engagement through social media, tw you know, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, yourself, and you don't have a, a support person to help you with that, it's an enormous uh, time saver. So that one is a text expander. Um, and there's, again, there's many, many different versions of it if you're not a, a Chrome user. Mm -hmm. But those are probably three tools I use all the time. There's some good, um, good automation tools out there like Linked Helper and uh, uh, Lynn Monster's another one. The problem with automation tools is they totally go against LinkedIn's end user agreement. So if you get caught using them, 
um, you're, 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 you could very well get your, your profile either, uh, deleted, um, or, or at the very least, you know, put on hold for a while. Um, so just be careful if you're looking at any of those tools, but, um, mm -hmm. duck soup, just as far as tagging and taking notes, nimble, as far as an external CRM system and text expander, as far as just being able to, in a couple keystrokes, get information out there, uh, messages out there, um, is, it, those are three tools that I use every day. Okay. Well, those are great tips. And and you mentioned uh, whether you're using uh, your you're you're doing social media yourself or maybe you're yeah. outsourcing. So, when should a user or a company consider uh, taking it uh, in-house and hiring somebody or, yeah. or 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 just relying on existing employees or maybe outsourcing it? How do you know when to do that or if you should? Well, I'm I'm always a fan of teaching people how to fish, right? So, <laughs> If you can get your employees to do their own social media, um, awesome. Now that rarely happens, right? <laughs> so the next step then um, beyond, you know, just training them and giving them the right information and crossing your fingers and maybe gamifying it, you know, incentivizing it somehow. So if that doesn't work, then yeah, your your other options are hiring someone, um, hiring someone to do it in house, or 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 getting uh, a, a contracted company to do it. I'm a fan of hiring someone in house, just because if you're hiring a company, and there now, with the exception of there are there are several social media companies um, in the real estate industry, so at least they'll know what your points of pain are and what you want to talk about and what types of content you're going to, you, you want to share. So if you can outsource to a company like that, who's, who's definitely focused on the real estate world. Awesome. Um, it might still be cheaper to, to bring someone in house, um, who can, who can not only help the company with its presence and its engagement and, um, that, that starts to become a customer success, um, position as much as it is a social media, you know, uh, person. Um, and then there's tools out there. One that, that my company uses is called everyone social and it's, it's basically employee amplification. So once you get your employees to have a good profile, and again, that, that's something our company does, right? Or there's a lot of other people who can help people help your employees get a good profile. Once the profiles are good, you want them sharing and disseminating that content to amplify your brand across, and in, in our case, it's LinkedIn and Twitter that we use specifically. Um, you know, so you want to amplify your brand by using your employees' profiles with their permission, and and everyone social allows you to basically automate that process, so you know that that content is going out and it's getting significantly more visibility, which then drives more inbound leads to your sales team. So that's, it's, it's, it's very powerful and, and I think probably a little bit more cost effective, but if you're going to hire someone to do social, just know that they're going to probably need to take on some additional roles as well. Okay. And everyone's social, is that an application that maybe LinkedIn uh, might not like or go against their rules? That's, yeah. So everyone's social, um, Gagalamp, and then LinkedIn has its own tool called LinkedIn Elevate. Those are okay because those you're just sharing information. So the where, where LinkedIn pushes back is when um, you're going in and you're sending private messages. It's basically where, when LinkedIn pushes back when it's, when it's private engagement that's being, um, that's, that's being created or automated um, for public sharing of, of updates, 
videos, etc., um, they're they're actually okay with that. And and that's you know Elevate works and Elevate and and Gagalamp and Everyone Social work with all of the social media sites. And then there's things um, more affordable like Hootsuite that will allow you to schedule uh, schedule your post. Um, we've actually got our own tool called Heroic Social that will allow you to do that. So there's there are definitely apps out there that you can use to make your content dissemination a little bit easier. Yeah, well, that's good. So what is new in, uh, yeah. on, in LinkedIn that uh, maybe we should think about? Yeah, LinkedIn just is in actually literally in the process of rolling out a new user interface or a new profile look, I guess, is, is more um, more appropriate. But um, the background images have changed a little bit. So very similar to what you see here, right? This is this is literally my 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 skip and repeat. But um, on LinkedIn, you've got kind of a virtual skip and repeat or a virtual background, very similar to um, well, the header on your website. And so they've just changed that. And that's one thing that companies can easily do to brand their employees is offer them a couple different, a couple different options of those background images to upload. And it really helps to brand the company. And then even if the, even if the, the employee decides not to choose one that the, the, that the company has made, um, it's good to have something out there to kind of differentiate you from everybody else. So the background image is new. Um, and the the layout of the um, well, I'd call it above the fold, the above part of of LinkedIn, the in introduction area of LinkedIn, that's changed a little bit. Um, there's something called a summary section, which, if people even make use of it, they it, it usually looks like a resume, mm -hmm. <laughs> like your goals. Um, but in fact, this is an opportunity. It's a sales opportunity, really, to let you to let your audience know, you know, kind of who you are, what you do, but most importantly, how you can help them. And so that's been expanded a little bit, so you can see a little bit more of that. So you can really address your your customer's point of pain, um, because usually, you know, our customers have very very similar points of pain, whether it's finding the right space, you know, the right affordable space in a rapidly you know rapidly growing area, or whether it's um, trying to make your space. Um, uh, enticing in an area that's maybe not so not so interesting yet so there's 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 usually a similar point of pain and you can address that um, with that summary section and then finally additional you can add um, media to it so if you've got a, a PDF a video um, you've got images you've got white sheets you've got you know any kind of resources that you that you have on your website or that you give to clients uh, or prospects, you can upload those directly into LinkedIn. So just those few things um, are they've always they've they've been there for like three years, but they've LinkedIn's shifting the look of it and making them more impactful now. I guess is is a good way of saying that. Um, also new is video, native video. So you've always been able to share a link to say YouTube. But what you'll, <laughs> excuse me, what you've probably seen is more people um, doing video on LinkedIn. You've probably seen it on your timeline. And it's very, very powerful 
having said that, not everyone, we talked about this a little bit earlier, not everyone has the face for video. They might have the voice for radio, but not the face for video. Yeah, I have a face for radio myself. <laughs> you also have the face for video, but you just have to be comfortable with the, the, com with the lens, right? And mm -hmm. so um, if you are going to be extremely uncomfortable doing video, it's not gonna help your, it's not gonna help you or your company. If you're comfortable in front of the camera, then absolutely let's continue to build your brand and visibility by using that native video feature. Okay, Vivica, what would be your final tip for our audience related to social media for business? You know, I think it's all about education. Um, the way to get buy-in from your employees is to help them understand that in the buyer's journey, you know, your our, our buyers are researching us, they're far more informed about us than we are about them anymore, right? And so we need to make sure that we are creating the presence and offering the content um, so that no matter where our buyers are, where our prospects are in their journey from deciding to rent a location to you know signing the paperwork, um, that we are in front of them, that we are a resource the hard sell doesn't work anymore. You know, the, the used car sales guy <laughs> attitude that just doesn't work anymore. We need to become a resource. And so educating our employees on how to use their profiles and changing them from a resume to a resource, right? How to use information and disseminate that information to, to create greater visibility. That's what we need to do is educate, 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 and then we need to actually provide the resources for them. Yeah, great tip. Vivica, great information. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Absolutely, my pleasure. And if, if you'd like to uh, connect with Vivica or myself on uh, LinkedIn, uh, visit CREshow.com. And uh, if, if it's this week, it's our current show. And if it's uh, later, uh, just uh, in the search engine, type in social media for business. Our LinkedIn uh, connections will be there. And stay tuned. We're going to have more on social media for business. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Are you a commercial real estate broker? Check out Apto, the leading web-based CRE software for managing contacts, properties, listings, and deals. Act on the information in your CRM to strengthen your relationships and grow your business. Visit apto.com slash CRE show. Are you a real estate agent? Hi, this is Michael Bull. Would you like consistent high income? Would you like to be the top producer in your office? Would you like to be known as the go-to broker in your market? Well, I have something for you. Visit CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Would you like access to invest in institutional quality commercial real estate with experienced sponsors with small amounts of money? Of course you would. Visit RealCrowd.com. Choose between Core, Core Plus, Value Add, or Opportunistic. Visit RealCrowd.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. This segment is brought to you by Apto. Check them out at apto.com. Great CRM system that does a whole lot more. Well, today we're talking about social media for business. My next guest is Dr. Eric Bray. He is Associate Professor with the University of Wisconsin Stout. And I heard him speak at an event where I was uh, speaking I think as well and, and we were covering the event and he has some great information related to social media. Uh, Dr. Bray, thanks for joining us on Skype today. Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it, Michael. 
Well, thank you. And, and I like to start with time. You know, time is our most precious commodity. And, uh, you know, and, and some people feel like, you know, maybe social media doesn't have a whole lot of cost to it. But obviously anything that takes our time uh, costs us money. So what are some tips that you would give our audience related to, related to efficiency with their social media uh, business practices? I think that the first step really to thinking about efficiency is just setting aside some time, whether it be right away every day or a couple of times per week, just knowing that for that 20 minutes, that 15 minutes that you're going to sit down and you're going to think about what has to be done from a social media standpoint. When I talk to businesses and work with other, um, other folks in other areas, the hardest thing that people have to do is to find that time. And when you start scheduling in advance, that really does create that, uh, that need. It's just like another meeting. It's just, it's one of those things that you have to do. And once you create that meeting, uh, from there, there are a lot of available tools that you can use to, to save time and use your resources wisely. And I like to uh, use a program called Hootsuite. Hootsuite is just one of those programs where you can manage all of your various social media channels and outlets without actually having to log in. Um, as we all do, we're all on social media, and the more channels that you're on, the harder it is to keep up. So if you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter, you're on Snapchat, it is very time consuming to actually go into each of those channels or those programs to manage your online profile. A place like Hootsuite allows you to automatically log in, see what people are saying, look at various streams, threads of information, and make posts that you can schedule right now, three days from now, without having to log in individually. Um, it doesn't seem like much, but when you can do all of your social media in one place, that to me is the key to, to being effective and efficient. Yeah, that's a good point. So, you know, sometimes I see people posting a good bit during the day, and, you, and, I, and sometimes you may think, does this, this person ever work? Well, they're using something like Hootsuite, right, where they're, they're timing out their, uh, their post. Uh, another mm -hmm. thing that you just mentioned that I'd like you to elaborate on a little bit is watching social media for, like, keywords and key phrases, right? Talk to us about mm -hmm. that with, with using something like Hootsuite. Well, th there's kind of two ways you can think about tracking keywords or key hashtags, if you will. And the first one is to look at what are your customers, your residents, what are they interested in? And once you understand who your customer is and what they like, you then follow those keywords to make sure that you're in the know and you're tracking the important things that your core customers are concerned about. You know, when we think about, you know, commercial real estate, when you think about residential, you have two very different groups of customers that have very different interests. And once you understand what those interests are, you can then track those, those keywords, and that helps you come up with content, whether it be retweeting or reposting a, a Facebook consideration. Uh, the second thing, and this is one thing that businesses often overlook, is using social media for competitive intelligence. We all have competitors. We all want to know what our competitors are doing so we can compete you know, in a much stronger position. And when you start using keywords or key phrases associated with your competitors, you can get a feel quickly for not only what they're doing, but how they're reaching out to your same customers as well to try and get a feel for the best practices, the, the benchmarks that are out there. 
Right. And I guess another thing that you might be able to do watching phrases or keywords is to maybe get a lead. So let's say that uh, you're in Wisconsin and, and you help companies with their uh, office space needs. Uh, maybe you'll see somebody posting something that maybe they're looking for office space uh, in your market area. You absolutely can. Um, some of those pieces, uh, those aren't always offered for free. You're not going to get the best results if you're relying on you know keyword searches for prospecting. But a lot of these tools, Hootsuite included, there are a lot of other tools that can do it. Um, they will help you find those clients that you can prospect and hopefully provide um, services or answers to. Um, I think about we just had over in the cities, we had the Super Bowl earlier this year, and you've seen a lot of um, businesses looking and tracking what people are looking for and then responding to their tweets, their Facebook posts, their Instagram posts, almost immediately saying, hey, you're looking for a place to have dinner, come try us out. That works when you have a very concentrated group of customers but to do that on a regular basis is very challenging because you have to respond so quickly. If you're going to try and do prospecting, you're going to want to set up alerts, and those are typically paid-for features because you can't be looking at social media all the time, and the window to respond is so short. So you have to keep that in mind as well, Michael. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And uh, I think if you, you do one thing and you, your business is, is really concentrated in one area, you do one thing, it uh, could be worth to, to have some paid services that track that. And, and where, do you, where do you draw the line as far as taking the time to, to do this yourself if you're a business person or you operate or run a business and, and then maybe considering getting outside sources to, to come in and help you with it? I would start with your level of comfort and experience. If you feel comfortable doing it and you have the experience to do it or the time to learn, that would be a good chance for you to move forward by yourself. But what we are finding is that small businesses are typically outsourcing these functions to experts, whether they are um, you know, communication firms, marketing firms, uh, even interns uh, at your local university. They typically have more time, they're a little more savvy, and the ROI, even though it costs a little bit more than your own time, um, typically you see a lot more success if you have someone with that level of expertise. Right. And what are some of the mistakes people uh, would like to or should avoid in social media for business practices? Don't be on any channel that you can't engage with. You see so many businesses jump on four or five different channels and they only concentrate on one or two. Only get on those that you can be engaged with and realize the rules that each channel has. With Facebook, you post three to five times per day. With Twitter, perhaps five to seven, seven to 10 times per day. Pinterest, it's even more. At the end of the day, you have to be prepared to jump in with both feet to be successful. Yeah, well that's interesting you mentioned that because uh, I'm on uh, pretty active on Twitter and on LinkedIn and uh, you know I probably post you know four or five times or three or four times a day on average but sometimes I've been at an event where I'm posting a lot and all of a sudden I see a lot of people unfollowing me because they're not used to that <laughs> they're not used mm -hmm. to seeing me post 25 times a day right right I mean uh, and that, that comes down Michael one of the things that we also recommend is that you have a content calendar plan out what you want to say over the next week the next 
two weeks, month. Just have an idea of how you're gonna attack each social media channel and provide content that your users find valuable. Um, much like you, you know, people, when they have great content or they think they have great content, they just start sharing. But does it match with what your customers are you seeing or what they're used to engaging with? And that's where that content calendar comes in. That's a very good point, yeah. One of the things I'll see sometimes with commercial real estate brokers is they're posting things that's interesting to commercial real estate brokers, but that's not their client, that's not their customer. You know, it's mm -hmm. somebody that maybe uses office space or operates a business in their city. And they should really post what's interesting to them, right? Right, it's all about what the customer wants to interact. When we look at social media, you want to provide value. And too often, we think that value is in talking about us. Uh, I tell clients, it is the 90-10 rule. 90% of content you post should be about interests that your core customers have, and 10% about you. It is more important to perhaps talk about the local neighborhood where your facilities are located at. For your, per, for your current clients, your potential clients, give them some insight about not only who you are, but where your facility is located at. And this is challenging. I mean, you're, you're a small business owner. You want to use this channel to talk about you. But in social media, it's all about creating those relationships, those organic relationships. It's a lot like if you and I were, were talking um, you know, at a cocktail party or at one of the conferences we run into each other. And if I spent 10 minutes just talking about myself, you would have tuned me out right away. Right. And that's what happens with social is that we get too wrapped up in talking about ourselves that we lose sight of the fact that social media is about that connection, those relationships. Yeah, we're talking to Dr. Eric Bray about social media strategies for uh, businesses. And, you know, I think that's a, a very good point. And, and what are some other tips that you would give business users that uh, maybe mistakes or avoid or, or maybe something that is new to think about to, to help them be more efficient? Always think about who your customer is and what their interests are. Uh, this sounds uh, very mundane, something that we all think we, talk, we, we think about, but when it comes to social media, you really have to have a true understanding of what their passions are and what they want to interact with. You know, I can talk about you know posting so many times a day which channels to choose, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to content and having content that your customers can learn from, can engage with, can share, can leverage in their own daily lives. If I'm following someone, I want to be able to maybe not learn something, but to have interest in it. And that's really not all about the business. It's what do I have interest in? And that to me, that's the biggest mistake. If you get that right, you'll learn the rest of it. But getting away from talking about me and talking about them is it's imperative. Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, you know, we're thinking about looking at content at the Commercial Real Estate Show website. We have a, a button called Sectors because we find in commercial real estate, a lot of times people are very sector oriented. They're interested in multifamily. They don't really want to hear about office or industrial and they want to pick the content that's based on their sector. And, and that's free information that's very current that people can, can share online. Tell me about influencers. How important are influencers and how might our audience think about interacting with influencers to benefit their social media practices? Influencers are a challenge because it doesn't work across every single industry. If I am selling products such as tennis shoes, t-shirts, um, 
you know, to have an influencer, to have that big movie star or that A-list celebrity um, talk about my brand, that is a huge bonus. But when you talk about small businesses and those influencers, you're basically looking not for the biggest names, but you're looking for those people who have the most amount of followers that actually listen to them and make decisions based upon that. You know, when you think about uh, commercial real estate and you talk about um, the importance of business leaders, you have every local community has someone that a lot of people look up to. Getting them involved and saying good things about your brand is always a positive thing. But for real estate, it doesn't always work the best, uh, especially when you talk about multifamily, commercial. Um, that's a very business-oriented decision. And when you have business-oriented decisions, that's a very different decision-making process. When you buy consumer goods, it's much more from the heart. When you're buying office space, when you're looking for a, a home rental, that's much more of a business decision. And so influencers might not always be the most important thing to go after, especially when we're talking about real estate. Right, and you talk about maybe someone that's kind of a, a, a celebrity advertiser, but I love your point about you know, maybe there's influencers in your community uh, that are community leaders that people are listening to. And like you said, it's, it's social media, or it's social, right? You can build mm -hmm. a relationship with them, maybe, maybe retweet them, try to build that relationship, that could be helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it all comes down to, are you showing interest in someone? If you are, odds are they're going to show interest back. And if you have the right content, you have the right product or service that you're talking about or offering, that's where you get those influencers involved. It's a give and take relationship. Yeah, very good. Well, Dr. Bray, as a closing tip for the audience, what would you leave them with related to social media for business? Don't overthink it. <laughs> Don't make it too complicated. Focus on who your customers are. Focus on content they want to read about, to engage with, and then measure to see what works best. Um, too often people try to get too fancy, they try to get too complicated, and they don't just focus on the core, and that's that relationship, that social relationship. Yeah, that's good points, and uh, appreciate you being on the show, Dr. Bray. Thank you, I appreciate it, Michael, anytime, sir. Great, thank you. And uh, we'd like to connect with you, and uh, uh, Dr. Bray, his uh, uh, social media contacts will be on our show website, CREshow.com. We'd love to connect with you. On uh, We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. I think we're on most uh, social media sites, so please connect with us. And we're going to have more on social media for business. So stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Promote your business to the U.S. commercial real estate industry. Click advertise at the show website, CREshow.com.
Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I am Michael Ball. This segment is brought to you by Arbor Crowd. Visit arborcrowd.com, a great company if you're looking into crowdfunding for commercial real estate. Our topic today is social media for business, and we have a treat for you. My next guest is Daniel Burris. Daniel is founder and CEO of Burris Research Group. He's authored seven books, including his most recent book, Anticipation anticipatory organization this has been a number one bestseller on Amazon and get this he has over a million followers on LinkedIn and he's made some serious bucks on LinkedIn and on other social media sites and he's joining us on the phone today Daniel uh, good to talk to you again hey great to be with you so Daniel, uh, very impressive resume with social media and, and what you've done. And talk to us a little bit about your, your LinkedIn following and, and what you've been doing there. Well, a couple of things. First of all, since we're commercial real estate and not residential, uh, we're talking people that are investors and probably business people. Right. And you have to keep in mind from a social media standpoint, the biggest social media platform in the world for business is LinkedIn. Uh, and most of us underutilize LinkedIn because we still think of it as that's where you go to find work, that's where you go to find a job. But of course, that's what LinkedIn is, but it's more what it was than what it currently is or is about to become. So really, it is amazing what you can do when you add value in LinkedIn. So a number of years ago, I started uh, uh, sharing insights and wisdom on LinkedIn, and uh, I would get people reading those insights and those little pieces of actionable strategies that I was sharing, trying to give them value. So instead of me asking for work, asking for a recommendation, asking for a name, asking for a, a connection, which a lot of us do on LinkedIn, and try to leverage the network. Uh, in that way, I was finding ways of <clears throat> really creating uh, in actionable insights and strategies. And what happened is more and more people started connecting, and <clears throat> I kept elevating it. And uh, at this point, I think I have 1,060,000 connections on LinkedIn. I think I'm in the top 30 in the world. But more importantly, uh, for well over a decade, I've been uh, being able to bring in at least six figures a year in income just off of the LinkedIn connections. So it's really making sure that you don't underutilize LinkedIn. You realize that uh, that is a place where a lot of investors are uh, and a lot of people that design shopping malls that are buying uh, a restaurant, selling restaurants. In other words, this is where a lot of commercial real estate is happening. The key is to create the conversations for it. Yeah. I so, Go ahead. Go ahead. And so you've been real successful to actually make money with LinkedIn. Is that from getting a huge following, getting a great reputation, and then having some actual great products like your your books and your company services? Or? Yes, yes, consulting, speaking, services, but they're all sold softly, meaning if I'm giving you really great value and really actionable insights that can make you a lot of money, at some point, you're going to want to find out what else can I do for you. So instead of putting all of those things up front, what I'm really trying to sell, I put up front what I'm really giving you. And again, if you give someone high enough value, they're going to want to find out what else you do. 
Yeah, that makes sense. So, so what's new, Daniel, in uh, social media for business today? <clears throat> well, I don't just use LinkedIn. I do have, uh, you know, over way over 100,000 on Twitter and a big following on Facebook and others. But I think the biggest thing I'd like to share is your super fans. <clears throat> so let's define what a super fan is, because, you know, a fan is someone that uh, whether it's on LinkedIn or it's in, in any other platform, they love what you do, they love what you say, and they share it with all of their network. And, uh, of course, if they really love what you do and love what you say, they share most of the things that you share, which increases your network. And the super fans are all those people that, well, in my world, I think of them as having over 100,000 connections. Uh, it may, but maybe if you have less than that, you might be thinking 50 or 20,000 connections. You decide what is big for you. But in my case, uh, a super fan would be somebody that has over 100,000 followers of their own. And they are loving what I do, and they share everything I do with with their fans, which means everything that I do is multiplied by 100,000 by every one of them. And by the way, some of my super fans have millions of followers in every platform. So the big insight I want to share is you have those. You know who they are? You know how to contact them? Yeah, I have don't you know. Done anything? Have you done it? Well, see, that's a, I'm giving you a big one right now. <laughs> right. And are you doing anything special for them? Are you keeping them? Have you realized that you consider them special and important? Have you done something just for them? For example, what I'll do is have a invitation only for only my super fans, or I do a special webinar just for them. It's not close. It's close to everybody else. Only because they're a super fan do they get in there. And I do something very special for them. And I do that periodically. Well, what does that do? Gets them excited about being one of my super fans and keeps them going. Um, and by the way, some of their super fans, because they all have their own super fans, then become new super fans of me. So right there, I just gave everybody something I consider to be a really big one. Because you, first of all, you even know who your super fans are. You know, have you, have you been looking at who is retreating you? And have you ever clicked on them, those people that you see all the time that are retweeting you or, or sharing you with uh, in Facebook or even in uh, LinkedIn that are uh, recommending you to others? Uh, because remember, they LinkedIn even has likes now. So this is a way to really grow your social media network, make it big and fast and powerful, and increase your influence. <clears throat> And I guess, Daniel, for those that are maybe uh, getting started or, or don't have over a million uh, connections on LinkedIn, and no matter how many they have, I guess they could still do something special for their connections or for their followers, right? They could give them discounts or, or, or maybe, like you mentioned, a, a webinar or something. Yeah, like here's something that's really important. Mm -hmm. When I started on LinkedIn, how many connections did I have? Mm -hmm. Zero. And then I had one. And then I had 10. <laughs> and then I had a fifth. In other words, the journey of a thousand miles doesn't start with the end. So, you know, like, for example, let's say you're watching TV and you see uh, the comedian uh, 
Jay Leno, who, of course, hosted The Tonight Show for many years. Now he's got his own show. He didn't start out with his own show. He started out speaking in comedy clubs, making 75 bucks a show. My point is, you got to start. It's a journey. The key, though, is continuing to elevate what you do and treat it with uh, the importance that it should have. Because a lot of us, I think, in commercial real estate, see social media as a hassle. And we think, hey, yeah, we got to do that. All right, all right. I'll get some underling doing it. Or maybe some kid that doesn't know what they're doing, doing it with no direction from anyone that has experience in commercial real estate. And <clears throat> that is not a way to grow it. What I would say instead is get yourself a kid because they know social media, but you with the experience should be helping to direct and navigate it in a strategic way. And when you talk to somebody like me that has millions of followers, I didn't start out with millions of followers. What I did was I treated it as any business strategy and worked at how to make it better and how to grow it and, more importantly, how to monetize it. Yeah, and, and your discussion kind of brings up the, the fact that uh, it's like multi-level marketing, right? Because you're, you're, it is. Yeah, you're sharing with one, and they might share with, with millions or thousands. Yeah. The yeah. other thing that's powerful here is the word social proof social proof. What I mean by that is, I can say I'm good, but if you've got people that you know and people that are following you that say I'm good, I, that actually gives me social proof. <clears throat> so I think in business, we're all really good at saying how we're good at this and that, and here's my credentials, and here's my client list, but better yet than be having the people that are potential customers and and potential business connections seeing within their own social communities people talking about how good you are well that's social proof and there's a way to make that happen yeah well daniel with the success you've had with with social media and with linkedin it's pretty incredible so obviously you're an early adopter you're, you've looked in to the future when you started with that one and and, and made a and created a presence. So what should we expect moving forward with social media? What's in our future? Well, uh, one of the things is you've got to remember the key word in social media is not the word media, it's the word social. Mm -hmm. So it is interactive. You can't just put things out there. Um, for example, there is a score that you can get free. There's an analytic tools that you can use with all the platforms that'll tell you um, how good you are at people reading your stuff and clicking on your things. But then there's another score that gives you your uh, reaction to them. In other words, are you giving them, are you replying to them when they ask you a question? Are you responding to them? So what I'm getting at is, this is not a platform for informing. This is a platform for communication and dialogue. And I think too many of us treat it as a way to inform. So I'll just keep pumping a lot of stuff out there and not pay attention to what people are asking me or not respond because I don't have time for it. And the people that don't have time for it are the people that haven't learned how to make millions of dollars doing it. Yeah, that, that's I'm a, getting. Go ahead. I mean, really, think about this. We're really good at pushing stuff out there. 
But social media is about communication. It's not about informing. So here's another insight I'm giving you. Um, there's a big difference between informing and communicating. Informing is one way. It's static and doesn't cause action. How do you know anybody read it? How do you know they liked it? How do you know they took action on it? How do they know they even uh, are going to do something? Communication is two-way and dynamic. And the beautiful part of all social media is that it's designed to be communicative and dynamic in two-way. So I'm going to make a statement right now. I don't, I don't know this is a fact, but I'll bet it's true. And that is the vast majority of people listening to this program are using it as an information tool, not as a communication tool. And I'm telling you right now, okay, well, that's why you're not getting anywhere with it. That's why you're not making money with it. That's why you're putting it as, well, something I have to do. Yeah, that's a good point. I think uh, I put out a lot of information and I also receive a lot of information. And it does seem, Daniel, like the communication part does take a, a lot of time. So what are some tips there? Well, one of the tips there is that um, at first you need to start looking at it a little bit longer, devote some time to it. But again, the time is not just pushing out time. You've got to have some reading time. And uh, what I do, I'll just tell you, my what I do is I've got somebody on my staff that uh, will read through all of the comments that are coming in, send the ones to me that need a response, and then I send the response out. That way, I'm not having to spend the time reading everything. I am responding to all the things that need a response. And by the way, there are quite a few, but that saves me a lot of time because now I'm not going through all the platforms. I've got a lower level person that is not being paid what I'm being paid to do that. Mm -hmm. So if social media is important for you, hire a young person that's uh, you know maybe a fresh graduate that is uh, looking to make uh, their mark in social media and who understands social media and uh, get them working for you on managing your social media and again i take an active role but i don't have to do everything or i wouldn't have time to do all the other things i need to do because i'm giving speeches and i'm writing books and i'm writing articles and i'm also doing consulting helping companies rapidly grow grow their businesses and let's face it uh, i do want to spend time on social though but not just pumping it out i need to divide it so that i'm also bringing it in so I'm suggesting you invest a little money because to lay a dollar down and pick 10 up isn't a bad investment. <laughs> so why don't you pick it, put a dollar down so you can start picking 10 back up again every time you do it and uh, and get somebody helping you. That's a good point. Maybe they're part-time. That's a good point. Maybe they're part-time. That's a good point. Yeah. And you put it in a great perspective there because you think of uh, media was the old days in the 1960s when you pushed out ads and you pushed out TV, you pushed out radio. But you, when you when you put it in perspective, there you add the social. You know, this is interactive, and uh, uh, those are some great tips, Daniel. And and you talk about how you you add value for your your connections, your viewers, your listeners. Or something is there something you could do for our our audience to to give to them, Daniel? Can you give them something? Yeah. Well, let me give you another really great tip that because uh, we're we've got a little bit of time. Let me give you another one that's really important for okay. you, and that is think about. What do the people that are following you want and expect from you? 
In other words, think of it as your people or your tribe that you've created. It's a social tribe. And, uh, and of course, we're talking business here, but still, they're a tribe of people. What do they want from you? So um, I know that the people that follow me, um, and you can go to Daniel Burris to find me on any of the social platforms, um, they are expecting uh, examples of either game-changing technologies that they can use in their businesses that are game-changing, and because uh, I post those, as well as they're expecting from me uh, strategies and insights they can use to accelerate their innovation or the growth of their company. And I don't do anything else. So uh, there are other things that I could do. I could tell them I'm on vacation, I'm at a restaurant, I'm doing this or that. I don't do any of that stuff. I stay very focused giving them what I think they want from me. So what I'm getting at is be focused in what you're doing. Develop a focus and be laser-like with that focus. That's so very that is important. And by the way, of course, there are tools that allow you to uh, cross-pollinate all of the sites with, uh, with a post. So you can do a post and have it immediately go to maybe 10 or 15 different social platforms all at the same time instead of having to do each one by itself. There are many tips. I mean, we could turn this into a long show, obviously, <laughs> but don't forget the power of uh, uh, photographs. Every post, everything should have some kind of picture in it because if it's just text, people uh, skip over it nowadays. Mm -hmm. And if you can put a little video in it, better yet, because video wins over pictures and pictures wins over text. So whenever you can put a short and not long, very short focused video, better yet. Yeah, very good point. Well, Daniel, can you uh, give a gift to our audience before you have to go? Well, thank you. I surely will. Uh, my new book, uh, uh, The Anticipatory Organization, is teaching people how to anticipate problems before you have them so you can pre-solve them, how to anticipate disruptions before they disrupt so you have a choice of being the disruptor. In other words, how to turn change into opportunity. I'm going to give all of you a free, get this, not an e-book, a hardcover copy of my book, uh, free. Nice. Uh, it will cost you a few bucks in shipping. Uh, and I'm not making money in the shipping. I'm just getting it to you that way. And it'll get to you FedEx within a few days. All you have to do is go to the website. The book is called The Anticipatory Organization. So to make it short, it's the T-H-E-A-O book.com. The A-O book. T-H-E-A-O-B-O-O-K.com. And you can get a free copy of the book. So now you don't even have to go to Amazon and buy it. You can just do that and get one sent right to you. That's awesome, Daniel. And that, so we can go to that site. We don't need any kind of discount code. That's... No, no, nobody knows that site except the one I just gave you. So you That's... can do it. You don't need any codes or anything else. And, of course, you can go to my website, Burris, B-U-R-R-U-S dot com. I've got a blog with a couple of million uh, monthly readers. I think you might like that as well. That's perfect. Daniel Burris, sir, thank you for joining us. Great information. You got it. My pleasure. All right. And uh, thank you for joining us out there across the country or all over the world, wherever you're watching or listening. We appreciate you being with us. And hey, it's a social media show. Be sure and connect with us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere that we are. We'd like to hear from you and interact with you. And uh, we'll have a great show next week. Don't miss it. Until then, be sure you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show.
America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty Asset and Occupancy Solutions, Arbor Crowd, invest alongside real estate experts, Get Valuate, online investment analysis, Real Crowd, crowdfunding with the professionals, by Apto, brokerage software to manage your contacts, properties, listings, and deals. CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Better serve clients, earn more commissions. For more information on these great companies, visit CREshow.com. And you're invited to subscribe to the show on YouTube and iTunes and connect with us on your favorite social media.